Welcome to the Hall of Games episode number 41. This is, of course, uh, the Hall of Games, the ever-growing catalog of legendary game titles that have proven to be timeless classics. Each title is chosen from the Bard's backlog. And hey, I am that Bard, the video game Bard, Josh Gallegos, joined by the casual Jared Benson. Um, And we're going to break this uh, title down for today through comprehensive evaluation. We are the keepers of the Hall of Games, the skeptic critics of each candidate, and the executioners of those not deemed wordy. Today's candidate, though, is Returnal. Finally getting around to this particular title. If you've listened to the podcast at all, you know that both of us have played it over the course of the last summer. So the question now is, will it be entered into the Hall? And that is a fantastic question. I'm excited to have this conversation. Yes, sir, You can write into us. Yes, uh, email is askvgb at gmail.com to comment, ask a question, or generally berate and belittle us. You can support the podcast by following us on any podcast service and by dropping a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Turn on notifications to get the latest episode as soon as it drops. Housekeeping is out of the way. Last time, Jared and I talked about Super Mario 64, the oldest game we've covered, and a headache to be sure, but still making it into the Hall of Games because of its legacy. Um, so go and check out that episode should be up by the time you're hearing this one. Um, the goal is for this episode. It's very interesting because we're recording this in August, early August, but it won't be hitting main public streams until if I'm timing this right, like November. So, uh, gonna have these episodes spaced out to prepare for the drought that is typically, uh, our, our habit in the fall. So, uh, hopefully this uh, all works out that way. It'll be interesting because when we finally do record again, I'm hoping to do at least one episode in the fall. We'll see. Uh, things are going to be pretty crazy, but we'll, we'll try to squeeze something else in depending on you know our schedules and, and what we're playing and whatnot. But uh, it'll be interesting because there will be a huge time gap, even though when they're released, it's not. So that's fun. Um, and speaking of time, Returnal deals a lot with time bending it's a loop right so uh other aspects of eternal do have a bit of horror in them as well so jared and i'm not taking a second here to ask you how you're doing i know you just said you got off work it was incredibly busy but we just talked a couple of days ago so i'm not sure much else has changed for you unless you have some crazy story to tell me no not not really just is what it is yeah (laughs) life is life and uh uh, jared and i will talk you know and and uh shoot the crap from time to time and have a grand old time but uh for the podcast here i do have a question to start some sort of conversation and it does have a bit to do with returnal because returnal does have a little bit of spooks going on so jared have you ever been so scared you almost soiled yourself or perhaps (laughs) even did if you're willing to be that vulnerable. Um, not in my memory, although there have okay, been okay. times, there have been times in my life in which I, I have been so scared that 
I felt the blood drain from my face. And that's step one mm. of being very, very scared. The next step is like shutdown of non-essential bodily functions, which is when, you know, you have soldiers, you know, who have PTSD, like they've seen some action more than likely they've soiled themselves. And those guys actually wear diapers fairly regularly, especially if that's some of their first combat runs, because their adrenaline will get pumping so high. They'll get so amped up that their body shuts down everything except survival mode. And then they'll soil themselves. It's pretty normal, pretty common on the battlefield. But no, I've never actually um, been that that scared, although there have been moments in my life in which I genuinely thought I was being chased by a demon or something along those lines. <laughs> and uh, When you turn off all the lights in the house and run up to your room or something like that. <laughs> something along those lines. But there's also been moments just out and about on lonely dark roads. You see things and you just, you know, it is what it is. I've had some cl- close calls <laughs> in driving in which I, I felt like, I think I peed a little, <laughs> but but nothing uh, super, nothing too close of a call, you know. So yes, and uh, yeah. is there a personal experience behind this question, Josh? No, 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 I I unfortunately cannot say I've never fully sold myself. But the, you know, you got to keep in mind, like maybe a little pee, like that's kind of like an exception to the rule. Just a little <laughs> bit of pee is like. Not quite, I wouldn't say soiled, right? I feel like that's, you know, it's just, it happens from time to time. Not sure if it's because you're scared or just a little leak, you know. Um, But no, I never have either. I've gotten to a point where I have been truly scared as well, um, but never to that level. I think the most, like, moment scared I've ever been, it wasn't a long scare because it got resolved pretty quickly, but the most, like, in the moment scared I ever was was when an old man appeared behind me. Um, and I, well, he appear, right? He walked up, he was a real person. <laughs> so this wasn't an apparition, but I didn't know he was there. And I turned around and almost soiled myself. Okay. So scared. Um, that's the most scared I ever was. I don't think I've ever had anything come close to that. So otherwise, yeah, just a question, you know, uh, I actually, we were watching, uh, get out and us, the Jordan Peele movies and yes. us is a really fun Fun movie. Both of them are. Both of them are really fun. I like Get Out definitely a little better. I don't know if you've seen both of those. Have you seen those, Jared? I haven't seen any of Peele's movies at all. Okay. They're they're really well made, I've very artistic. Yeah. yeah. Um I like it because he he treats the audience as intelligent. Like you don't have to, he doesn't show you all the nasty little details. Sure. In fact, he shies away from that, which I truly appreciate because it's it's some restraint. And I like that. Um, and he lets your imagination kind of run away. And that's his whole thing is like he, he doesn't reveal things very often until the very end. So you're just wondering the entire time what in the world is happening. And he's keeping you going the whole time. In Us, which is his second movie, the answer to the questions is not super satisfying. It has a lot of logical inconsistencies. But, like, even watching it, it's just a great time. I had a great time watching it. Very suspenseful movies. Um, obviously not to the point of being scared to soil myself. Um, scary movies, though. I have had a few really stick out in my mind. I think the movie I've been most scared by... Well, as a kid, it was The Brothers Grimm, which mm. was a Heath Ledger and I think Matt Damon joint. And I, I watched that. I was at my grandma's house. I wasn't supposed to be watching TV. I had said to my mom I wasn't going to be watching a TV while I was there at all. 
And my grandma was watching this in the living room, and I was supposed to be in the other room playing with toys and stuff. And I snuck in, and I was watching the TV through a mirror. And this really creepy scene came on where, like, this mud monster appeared and, like, wiped a person, uh, a little kid's face off, which I hate that now. Like, anytime someone loses their face in a movie, I just can't stand it. Um, oh, because man. of that, it, like happened in the in the film, and like he's like he's still alive, but like he doesn't have eyes or nose or a mouth anymore. So he's like trying to scream and he can't. And I just hated that. Um, that really freaked me out. I had nightmares for like three months after that. But uh, as an adult, uh, Insidious really got me. Insidious was a spine tingler to be sure, and the way that the movie ended, like I remember when it ended, I like shivered. Like, and this was like a year and a half ago. But I like, you know, you get that like just it feels like something's crawling down you. And I was like, no way. And then that whole night I was like, just I had to keep my eyes shut because if I open, I was just going to have my imagination fill in the shadows. And that was fun. Um, great movie. But I've never actually gotten to the point of, of that. <laughs> so have we, have thankfully, we I count myself thankful horror preferences like for me i can do demons and paranormal all day but the gore that's what bothers yeah me. yeah yeah i think, I think it has this. come up a yeah. couple times but yeah. never in detail no yeah is yeah. there any movie that's like really giving you the heebie-jeebies that like stuck with you yeah, i mean like like um saw texas chainsaw massacre like stuff like that like bothers me a lot yeah 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 um, but n- yeah, nothing. But like Insidious, The Conjuring. I love those movies. I love them. I eat them up. I think they're fantastic. So, man, I don't know what it was about Insidious because I've seen so many like supernatural movies, but Insidious specifically, like the twist of like the fact that the like the old lady or whatever was like inhabiting him at the end was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Something about that just like really got me in the. And maybe it was just like my state of mind at the time, just very vulnerable or whatever. But uh, great movie good movies uh, and i totally just spoiled that i apologize uh this ep- <laughs> this whole show is about spoilers okay i feel like we should make that announcement more often we said it in like episode one <laughs> but if you're listening to the hall of games just expect full spoilers on stuff we don't hold anything back we're not gonna try to uh edit things out or anything like that so just keep that in mind jared let's jump into our first segment for today and that is the games we play in. It's only been a few days, so I don't know how much more you have to add. Are there any other new games or updates on previous games that we talked about before that you'd like to uh, contribute to this segment? No, I'm making great headway in Link's Awakening, um, some headway in some other games, um, just dabbling here and there, because I'll get tired of one genre and then hop a little bit. It keeps things fresh, so it's nice. I'll spend an evening doing two or three different games. But what I will say is that about two weeks ago, I... Uh, or whenever it was, it might have only been a week ago. I pre-ordered God of War Ragnarok. It finally went on sale. Nice. So I am psyched, super psyched about that. And I've also, what's the other thing I was going to say? Oh, shout out to Clash of Clans, folks. If you're not playing Clash of Clans, <laughs> it's about like 
maybe once every other day, I'll have someone come into the, the restaurant where I work and they will have Clash of Clans on their phone while they're waiting for their food. And it's a great connection point. The game has never, and these are all people that used to play and they've picked it back up recently. For whatever reason, man, it's just, it's it's the place to be right now. I really love okay. it. Okay. Uh, shout out to that. It's never been more fun than it has right now. So than it is right now. So uh, super great stuff. I might just pick that up. I usually play Clash Royale. Like if I'm mindlessly wanting to do something on my phone. So that all might of, be a all good of Supercell's titles are fantastic. Brawl Stars, Clash, Clash Royale. Uh, it's all good stuff. They know exactly what to do to like and make you enjoy your time on your phone for just a little bit. You know. Yes, they have and, like that yeah. perfect little loop in their game. Oh yeah, it's good stuff, man. Um, I've been playing personally not much else other than Returnal for today, but I did earlier this evening check out the new tracks for Mario Kart 8's new booster pack that just got released over the weekend. So uh, checking out some of those old tracks, didn't realize, but Waluigi Pinball is in there. I was so happy about that. Awesome to see that uh, track in there. It's It's been cool to see them drop these here and there. I honestly wish that they had a little bit more each time, like if they dropped like three cups, because, I mean, and maybe that's just me asking for more than I deserve. Two cups is nice in and of itself, but uh, obviously primarily older tracks. Anytime that there's a tour track, I'm just disappointed. I don't like the Mario Kart tour tracks that much. They're really confusing, and they're all like real-world uh locations which is i mean i guess kind of cool but i don't know i don't care for them too much the other thing i've noticed is that it's something about these tracks that's screaming at me that they're not as high quality as the original game like as well and insofar as like uh the amount of work that's been put behind recreating these tracks they feel very plastic they do. I don't know if you do. You have the booster pack. I'm assuming I don't, but I've I've watched a number of YouTube videos on this this controversy because it's very in vogue right now to be on the side of YouTube that says these new packs are a shortfall and Nintendo needs to step it up. But there's also the hardcore, you know, the diehard fans that are like, y'all need to stop criticizing Nintendo for giving us new content because that's what we wanted. So you know, there's two sides of the argument. But yes, the texture packages are are mm-hmm. noticeably different there's not small yes. changes there's some like seriously different changes so no yeah no you're totally right and i should watch a couple of those videos because that's just i felt that like uh earlier we were we were playing and i was playing as donkey kong and he just looks weird like he just looks a little different and i was like is yeah. it the lighting yeah. like is there like some weird difference in the lighting or something like it just doesn't look as slick it's not like they didn't put enough time into it and that's been a little disappointing obviously it's still fun like, it doesn't need to look amazing for it to be fun for me. And these tracks are great. Like, going back and playing Waluigi Pinball, they had the Mushroom Gorge from the Wii in there as well, which was awesome. But, yeah, I'm like, what gives here? Why are they half booty cheek in this? Like, shouldn't they be putting a little bit more effort into this stuff? But whatever. I mean, it's perhaps selling anyway, so they don't care. Um but yeah, otherwise, uh, I've actually wanted to, and I'm hoping to, over the course of the next fall, this will be my game that I'm at least planning on playing every now and then, uh, playing Horizon Forbidden West. 
and finally going through that completely. Uh, I, I'm trying to finish up Returnal. I want to finish up Doom as well before I jump into it, but I hope to jump into Horizon as well. I've played it a couple of hours over the course of the last several days, uh, so I haven't really gotten to the point where I'm, I'm focused on it, but uh, ready to go back and, and give that the time that I think it's due that I unfortunately did not give to it because of Elden Ring. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Looking forward to that really pretty game. My goodness, a fantastic PS5 game um, as far as the visuals are concerned. But uh, all right, that's the games we planned. Let's jump into the strange, the conceptual default segment. real conceptual here jared really abstract because my question for this week is one that uh perhaps there is no true answer to what are dreams what's your theory on what a dream is and and why we have them jared well i don't have a single theory there's a number of theories and i really don't have my own theories it would be too easy to say from our evangelical raising in our background that they are messages from God. But to be honest with you, the things that sometimes go on in dreams, unless something is like, unless something is very crystal clear, overtly obvious messaging, I don't think you can claim that it's supernatural. It's just your subconscious bringing, you know, stimulating your visual cortex from a physiology, uh, physiology standpoint. However, there are some there seems to be some benefit in interpreting dreams as your brain saying that this is something that is bothering you. Like this is a memory that directly mm-hmm. causes a hormonal um, or dopaminergic or, or you know a response from your body, anxiety or adrenaline or 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 excitement or something, whatever. And you need to be paying attention to this, whatever it is. So I I don't really have a theory. What I do know is that it's interesting. That when I'm falling asleep, regardless of what I start thinking about, my dream almost has nothing to do with it. And in fact, the the letting go, the releasing of the mind, allowing it to wander means that by the time you do wake up with the dream in mind, it's not going to be what you started thinking about, more than likely. But what is fun to me is those weekends, and my weekends are Wednesdays and Thursdays, 
my weekend when I can sleep in a little bit and get maybe nine hours of sleep instead of eight or even nine and a half or 10 or something like that, something crazy. And the last hour as I'm like kind of awake, mm-hmm. but I don't want to get up, you can kind of control what's going on a little bit in your dream. Yeah, lucid dream, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. Not I've never been able to get it like lucid, lucid as if it's like, you know, what you would think of as like a simulated reality or anything like that. But I have been able to fall back asleep choosing what to think about in this and just kind of sending my dream off in a direction. So that's that's interesting. Yeah. No, I, I was actually going to bring that up, too, because I do that on the days I sleep in as well, which is so interesting. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that's a pretty common thing. But yes, those yeah. are the ones that definitely stick with me a lot more, that I remember a lot more. And oftentimes, I've found that they do have something to do with something either in my life at the time or that I have been trying to work through. And uh, usually they don't help. <laughs> usually they stress me out a little bit more than they should, probably. Um, perhaps just a poor state of mind on my part. I think dreams are are uh, just like a, a plane of, of thinking. Like, that's what I... It's, it's, it's subconscious thought. Like, it's like the base of thought, you know? Like, it's... We, we think we're creatures of thought, right? And, and we use uh, actions, we use art, we use words to describe what we're thinking... But when you're in a dream state, it's like our mind's still trying to think, but it's at such a primal level that we can't actually put any of that stuff together. And I've always thought that dreams are uh, good for actually thinking through things. I don't know how true that is, but I've I've noticed a marked difference when I do sleep on things. You know, you know how people say like, "Hey, sleep on it." Like, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Go ahead and yeah. sleep on it for tonight. And, and and I feel like that actually does actually help me come to stronger conclusions and make decisions that are more correct as opposed to snap decisions in the moment. Uh, it's almost like it helps me process it a little bit. I'm not sure if uh, you can relate to that or not. I know Karina feels like she doesn't dream at all, so. Not everyone's that that way, I guess. I think um, I've gone through phases in my life where I, I dream a lot and then phases where I don't dream at all. And there have been stretches of my young adult life where I've been like, I haven't had a dream that I've remembered in a long time. So I, I don't think that's abnormal. I typically don't remember them, um, but I do feel like I, I'm a little bit more sure of myself sometimes afterwards. Um, so who's to say? I, I do think as well that there's some element of dreams that's tied into deja vu. Yes. Now I haven't been able to prove that, and I don't that know makes how a lot of sense, that though. works. That makes but a lot of sense. But deja vu is such a weird phenomenon, dude. Yeah, it is. It's so weird. For and a moment, you feel like an enlightened prophet, like legit. Like yes, yeah, it's crazy. Yes, and it it's it's not happened to me very often um, recently. But I, I, I have marked moments in my life where I'm like, oh, I've seen this before. And I immediately assume it's from a dream, you know. Mm. And so I do wonder if there is some spiritual deeper connection. You know, if, if you believe in something further than what this material world is, being in a dreamlike state would make sense as to like being able to reach that uh, religious euphoria stage, right? And then perhaps being shown something outside of time and space right we we exist in time and space but maybe because we're also spiritual beings that do not exist in time and space there's a way to connect with both sides and, and a lot of people you know they'll, they'll point to like drugs and stuff for getting you there right or just go to a pentecostal church and you'll have religious euphoria as well um 
and who's to say what's real and what's not and how you know how actual uh quantifiable and, and true that sort of thing is but um i always wonder especially with deja vu if, if dreams play some factor i often tell people <laughs> as well last last thought on this uh and i i it's, it's mostly as a joke but i love seeing people's reactions when i when i mention this that uh babies when they dream either in the womb or when they're super young they're actually dreaming of their future so they're seeing their whole life. They're not understanding it for what it is, and that's where deja vu comes from as well. I don't hate that theory. I mean, it's wh- super weird, and it doesn't make any sense when you actually try to break it down. Um, but I, I've said I, I've I, I tell it to people a lot just to see their reaction. Usually, they look at me like I'm a moron. So mm. there's a there's a spiritual theory that um, when the in Jeremiah uh, is it Jeremiah? It might be Jeremiah. When uh, the the passage says, "I knew thee in the womb before you were born and or formed or something along those lines," I don't remember the exact passage. Mm-hmm. That when you feel, you know, the baby is kicking or or punching or whatever else, um, that their personality is being worked out by God, and that they're wrestling with Him spiritually, and that you know you are a genetic combination of your mother and father. But where does your personality come from? And mm. there are some genetic leanings, I do believe, but there are things and essences that make you you. And so the theory is that, you know, God, he knows you in the womb. He's developing you, and you can't help but be changed when you know someone. And uh, so that, I don't know, just a fun little theory, perhaps there's something to that. Yeah, uh, I think we'll never quite know what dreams are. They're interesting in that all human beings experience them. Well, not all, but it's the standard thing, right? And uh, nobody ever truly remembers them. Of course, movies like Inception have tried to break them down on some crazy level, um, and I've had fun with them. And uh, many, many people do believe that there is some deeper meaning to them. What that is, who knows? But all that to say, that's this heady topic, this um, interesting concept of dreams does kind of lead me into our pick of the week and that is another heady uh very self-focused and interesting game and that's returnal Now, Returnal is a game by the Housemark Studios that was developed exclusively for the PS5, kind of as a showcase. It's a launch game, so it's a showcase for what the PS5 is capable of doing. Uh, Jared picked it up somewhat on my recommendation, but I think also just because you had some interest in the title itself. So, Jared, what did you think? Uh, did you have any exposure to this game before you played it? And as you got into it, were you were you excited about it? Were you surprised in a genuinely good way? Um, and, and what was your overall impression of it? Yes. So I, I would say that the, uh, well, first of all, the only reason I picked up this game is because you've played it. 
And so I picked up okay, Death, okay. Deathloop and Returnal at the same time on your recommendation. I don't think I you, you kind of forced it on me, but you just strongly recommended them. So I trust you, so I grabbed them. Um, but for this, uh, the, the thing that grabbed me and sucked me in so fast is the thing that this game does best, which is visual and audio effects. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just stunning. It pushes the PS5 to its its max capabilities of course you need it on a you know a nice 4k tv preferably with a sound bar and a, you know just a good immersive system situation you got going on because this game is gorgeous and it does you know mild horror it does adventure it does alien really really well and largely because of just the very video gamey style that it has you know it takes itself very seriously and yet you feel um especially with enemy projectiles as you jump and dodge and do up and you know up and down like kind of like a platformer a little bit you know so it feels very gamey despite the storyline taking itself seriously the main protagonist really pulling off that serious vibe and the stakes being you know it's either you escape or you die and uh so it's first impressions are it sucked me in really right away and and to be frank that's its most redeeming quality that's what it's supposed to do is stun you with these beautiful visuals in this incredible sound yeah and it's showcasing as well the ps5 controller um having the sounds come out of the controller the uh, haptic feedback and the actual vibrations themselves the way that the triggers operate that's all there and is used better than any other game i think the only other game i can think of that uses the triggers super well is ratchet and clank but this one's way better way better and when, and I think you're right. You said it's it's a very gamey game for even just the fact that, you know, I mean, you look at like a really pretty game and sometimes you don't necessarily think it's going to be super gamey. I don't know even how you explain that, but that's Housemark. Um, that's my overall impression of this game is that it's a Housemark game. Okay. And I love it. I love it for that. Uh, Housemark has always been known for its arcadey games. A Super Stardust yes. was their game on the PlayStation 3. Um, and then on the PlayStation 4, it was Rezogun. And if you played those, those are very basic, arcadey, twin-stick shooters. Where, uh, in Super Stardust's case, you're on a planet, and you, you swing it around, right? You usually have, like, a, 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 a rope-like beam, or sometimes you have a, a gun-type thing, and you're just shooting asteroids. But the asteroids are exploding, and all these beautiful, pretty visual effects. The idea was to show off the capabilities of PlayStation 3, and they did that greatly uh, in a great way. PlayStation 4 for Rezogun, same exact thing, but on a 2D plane, had a really unique aspect to it in that, and it works super well, and it was a very fun, arcade-like experience. Uh, You really wanted to go for high scores with those games, but with the PlayStation 5 entry here of Returnal, they went for something a little different. Uh, They went for that next level for them, I think, as a developer, which was... Let's make this into a 3D game with with high fidelity visuals, with a, a deeper story behind it. Now, in order to make that work, they made it into a roguelike. So you're gonna have that live die repeat feel to it, right? And not everybody's favorite thing to have that aspect. Uh, sometimes I do wish, honestly, that they had more arcadey stuff. Like I do, and they do have scoreboards and stuff. So I don't want to take away from that, but it's not as prevalent as it was in their previous titles. 
But as soon as I jumped in and started playing, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is house mark. Like you're you got nice, slick controls. You're moving around real fast, like you said, kind of like a platformer, the precision with it. Um, you're you're shooting things and they're exploding and all these pretty colors. And um, that's all there. And it's awesome. I'm glad this game exists. I'm glad it does. I, I would not want this to be something else i don't want them to try to take this and make it more than it is yes but it's not without its flaws right um and i have not admittedly just to start this whole thing off here and uh we're on a good roll so we'll see how long we go but i i have not finished it just just to be frank i'm on the third area i do like it i want to keep playing it i hope to continue playing it um, I can't make any promises here or there, but I, I did get past the second area. I'm in the third. I'm at the boss of the third. I just haven't quite gotten around to finishing him yet. That tower, climbing up the tower, mm-hmm. um, has proven to be difficult for me right now. So, um, and I just got to the third area last night. So, um, it's not like I've put a ton, a ton of time into this game. I think I'm at like 12 hours right now. Mm-hmm. So, but I got past the second dude, which, I, to your credit, you told me was was very spectacle heavy, and I 100% agree. Really fun final boss for that second area, and I'm in the third. How many areas are there? Six. Six. Okay, so I'm, I still got a ways to go. <laughs> um, so got some time to go. Uh, but I've been having a great time with it, and I am. I, I'm. I'm I'm enjoying it for what it is, but admittedly haven't finished it. I don't know how the story wraps up. So we're going to do something a little different here. And and if you don't want to do this, Jared, I understand. But I would like for you to spoil the game for me. Sure. And I, knowing some of the questions I have, I just want to ask you some of them. And you tell me what happens with this game. So first and foremost, who the heck is the astronaut? So the... So this game plays on this idea that Celine may not have actually crash landed on an alien planet. It may not have. She may not have actually um, uh, be part. She may not actually be part of Astra Star Command or anything like that. She may be dealing with PTSD and coping for the extreme death of her child by creating this world for her to because there's a in the second phase of the game you know you have the first three areas once you beat the third area you don't go back to the first three you start from the fourth and move to the fifth and then sixth and in the second area the the change the emphasis changes from got to get the signal off to astra to must find release and in the final boss scene there's a car in the underwater level, the fourth, the four, the sixth and final areas in underwater level, which is super cool with a controller, by the way, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, essentially, there's a car in this on this alien planet, and the whole alien planet has her house too. So there's heavy implications that she's just fantasizing all of this and that she's coping. Mm-hmm. So I will spoil the ending here, folks, if you want to skip ahead. But essentially, after you beat the final boss. Um, there is a cutscene in which Celine is driving with her child in the back seat. Her child is Helios. Um, that's why she's abandoning Helios, right? Wow. And huh. es- essentially, the car 
is driving down the road. She's going a little faster than she should. She adjusts the radio because there's static on it, and it's got the radio says 837, I think. And all throughout the game, there's references to 837. It, it keeps showing up. Anytime there's a clock around, the clocks are stuck at 837. In the house, the clocks are stuck at 837, different stuff like that. But essentially, there's an astronaut in the road, and she swerves, flies off a bridge, and plunges into the water. Um, when she hits the bottom of the lake, she sees an alien-like creature with three red eyes, looks like Cthulhu just a little bit, and then she is pulled from the car as she tries to reach back and grab Helios to no avail. And so there's this idea that, and that's all the cutscene shows. You don't see see her surviving, although I think there's news or something, there's like a news cutscene that says she survives but the child doesn't or something like that. It's very, very vague intentionally. But there's, again, this idea that she may be hallucinating the whole thing. And there's references to Helios, obviously the house. The astronaut is, um, she claims it's her mother at times, who that yeah, may be true. that was my theory. Yep, yep, yep. It, uh, Astra, there's record logs of Astra rejecting her application to be on their team. So it's maybe Astra is her fantasy that she got accepted. Even, you know, it could right. be taking place in the modern age. She's obviously very sciencey, but... The final boss is an octopus, and her child's favorite stuffed animal is an octopus. So there's a lot of sim, uh, hmm. um, uh, symbology or, or uh, symbolic, you know, you know, it's very vague intentionally. And um, additionally, there's this weird uh, fascination with like Greek characters like Ixion, Freaky, mm-hmm. um, Hyperion. These are all Greek names, uh, lesser known the Tower Greek of names. Sisyphus. That's right. Yeah, lesser known Greek names, but still Greek names. So it's interesting. Um, uh, how that works, but but yeah, so that the the story is still in question. The authors don't want you to know the truth; they just want you to guess at it. And uh, I think they succeeded. Like it's vague to the right degree, but okay. there there is a point in which once you beat the game enough times, similar to Hades, the story kind of unlocks a little bit more, and you have to get the keys to the car that's in the ocean depths just before the final boss room and open the car and extract Helios or something along those lines. So there's like, I don't know, there's things going on, but that's the rough. And in fact, if you go into the house enough times, eventually you'll play as the kid. Um, And there's references to mom being freaky. The kid uh, actually spends some time with the astronaut a little bit. It's weird. And then there's a whole thing with a basement and this creepy little bloated creature down in the basement. Yeah. So there's a lot going on here, but yeah, that's the whole end point of the game is that you're not sure which is what's real what's real and what's not it's very abstract yes very abstract and and i i got that feeling of it all being in her head several times um of course the house being there like you just waltz into a particular area and there it is and it's yeah like, what in the world like That's what weird, in the world yeah. is going on here right you know, just that one thing and then of course every time you go into it something else strange is going on the astronaut is a great like just presence i liked it yes um, me too you'll, you'll see you'll like see the astronaut like up on a pillar or something nearby uh if you're in the ship and you sit down in the cockpit you'll look up and the astronaut's like in the wind of uh, the uh the windshield and um throughout the whole thing yeah she's trying to guess at what it is so that's so interesting did you feel like it so it sounds like it but did you feel like it was great overall like was there parts of the story that you felt were lacking no, no, I thought it was beautifully vague. Um, I, I didn't okay, mind good. it. All. So I've been screwed with this, like this, 
you know, before, <laughs> anytime you play a FromSoft game, the vagueness of the lore behind huh. the story is always a tease from Miyazaki. And um, this felt no different. So it was something that I was used to. I, I don't think, but I'll, at the same time, to be perfectly honest with you, this game didn't grab me enough and it didn't make me want to know every little detail right now. Like, that's the difference. Yeah. Like, with FromSoft games, Elden Ring especially, and, and Dark Souls, I was just like, I wanted to grab the creator and torture him and tie him to a chair until he told me everything. <laughs> and with this game, I was perfectly content to sit back and let them slowly reveal things to me. Because in the format of a roguelike, I'm always going to be repeating myself. So I wasn't going to miss anything. The game is very linear. As opposed to a playthrough of Elden Ring, I played through the Elden Ring six, you know, I've beaten the game four times and I found something new every single time. So it's like there are things that you can miss if you're not perfectly thorough and or at least have the potential to miss. And this game is not quite like that. So um, that's that's the difference. I didn't feel like a frantic need to find out everything. Um, the, the, gotcha. the world itself, though, there is this kind of... I won't say distraction, but it almost fades to the background as if it doesn't matter. These creatures that she's dealing with... Um, other than dealing with them in combat, the cut off, the estranged, um, you meet them in the second area, um, and they will, you know, they'll attack you. And they're the, the what's the severed? The severed is actually the term. I was going to say, I think it's severed, and then they have like a weird like robot race there too. Yep, yep. And so the severed created the automatons to protect them from something we weren't sure and then if you transcribe all the stones there's a mention of a god there's also a mention of an astronaut on the stone so it's like it's a bunch of stuff all tied together but the world this race of aliens that was on this planet didn't really appeal to me in the sense that i wanted to find out everything about them it's just me being content to let the story come to me if that makes sense so i like how vague the story is because i don't feel like I don't feel like they're holding anything from me. I feel like they're holding me in suspension intentionally, and it's a good balance. Um, it it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like they're not telling me what I need to know. It feels like they are telling me everything I need to know, and it's intentionally vague, and that's good enough for me. So, okay, good. So not any like gnawing questions that like really frustrated you. None that can't wait. I'll put it that way. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Interesting. Did it, okay, so tell me this, you're spoiling it for me here a little bit. Does she get out of said loop? For a brief time, yes. So that's actually how you transition from the first three areas to the second three areas. So uh-huh. when you finally beat the Citadel, and um, when you fight, which is that third automaton area, uh, yeah. you fight Nemesis, who is, a, who is actually the beautiful boss fight I was talking about. Ixion is a very physical. Oh, okay. It's a very physical boss fight. He is, he, or it is very fun, but it's pretty standard. There's not a ton it's of standard, movement. Yeah. You have a little bit of arena. It actually reminds me a little bit of um, um, Valkyrie fights from God of War, just a tiny bit. Not in any combat sense, because it's totally different, but just the arena itself. And obviously there's some, you know, they keep throwing Greek names around in there. But, um, but no, Ixion is a very physical battle. He's the only one who really gives me difficulty every single time. But uh, but the third fight at the end of the Citadel, Nemesis is stunningly beautiful. Josh, yeah. it's gorgeous. I'm telling you, it's so incredibly amazing, and it's so no. I've seen I've seen it. I've only gotten there once thus far. Like I said, I, I just got to the third area yesterday, so I got up there, and it's like this massive face thing, and 
there's all kinds of projectiles flying at me. That's like pretty much all I was able to like understand before I died. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, it was cool because you, you, I, if I'm remembering correctly, it like takes you into like its mind or something. Like that was the impression I got anyway. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So so you do escape the loop after you defeat nemesis. Um, you send off the signal to Astra. It says command received and you sit down to rest. And, um, when you do, you have the option to put your face inside of like a portal or a holographic reader. And, uh, it, you see your life flash before your eyes. You, you die, you grow old in that house. Uh, you play piano, you see the hands aging as they play piano throughout the years. And then there's a grave and you fall down through the grave and you see, you know, your loved ones at the top watching you descend. And then you wake up on the planet again because you were never released. And that's how the second cycle begins. So, it's intense. It is very intense when you wake up at the planet. Because that makes sense, because you were just buried. So after you, you know, you didn't die. You left the planet. You lived a full life. And then as soon as you die, you get sucked right back into that planet. So um, hmm. it was it was very intense. But because so much time has elapsed and you escaped, the planet changed. At least in the mind of Selene, it did. So instead of the first level being dark, it's the same format as the um, the first area. But it is... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? But it's daytime and it's more swampy. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, because it's called was it like the overgrown ruins? It's like a blue black aesthetic. Yep. yep. Yeah. Nighttime. Huh. Yeah. And then uh, the second area is is yeah more jungly, but but yeah yeah yeah. Oh man! Well, I'm looking forward to it. That's been the coolest thing for me is like the different aesthetic each time. I was a little disappointed with the third area at first because it's like super brown. But when I kind of took a step back and just looked around, you have like these massive towers, and that's where I was getting this like Im- uh, impression of a civilization that the other areas hadn't quite given me yet. Yeah, and I liked that. It does kind of bum me out that the planet may not be real. That kind of bums me out. I like the mystery of the planet and and the mystery of the severed and the hive mind and and what was going on with them. So for that to all be in her her dead head or whatever is going on well kind of disappoints me well there the other theory is that when the so when the car plummets to now her mom was an astronaut i think that seems to be relatively clear maybe or, or something along those lines but this astronaut, right because she's inspired to be one too which exactly. is what you think is the reason why she's there in the first place right right so her mom or whatever there's an astronaut in the road now this the cut scene seems to make it seem like that's a real that's real time, right? So if there's an astronaut in the road, she swerves, misses the astronaut, plunges into the water, and in the water is this giant squid-like creature with three eyes. So it could very well be that her mother was sent back to planet Earth to retrieve her or wreak havoc or something by this alien and it came with her. Or, you know, there's it could be real if that makes you any, any happier. It's very possible. I think the game leaves it open-ended intentionally. So, yeah. yeah, could very well be real. It's a freaky planet. Yeah. No, it is. It's a very, yeah, freaky is a great word. Uh, a lot of questions about what's going on. You kind of, like, through the xenoglyphs are able to slowly translate their language. And they've left messages talking about their own fate and how their whole civilization fell apart. And... Um, I'm still piecing some of that together, so I look forward to seeing this through. I think I'm, I'm going to determine to finish it out between this and Doom. Those will be kind of like my arcadey, fast-paced games to get to. 
but uh, with your recommendation on the story, I'm I'm feeling a lot more confident in seeing it to the end yeah. because it's not like it's going to change so much in the gameplay. It's just different patterns of projectiles, right? And then I'm assuming there's going to be a few more weapons that are added to it. The most recent one that I got was the rocket launcher, which I don't care for. Um, I don't remember the exact name of it, but it shoots off like two or three rockets and don't care for it that much. I pretty much stick to the carbine. That's my favorite. Um, if I can find a carbine, I go for that. Or a um, shotgun spit maw that has like a, a laser feature to it. I don't know what you call that, but some of them like actually shoot very long range in like a single laser. That one I, fa- I found pretty effective. Um, so let's actually jump into gameplay here. Let's talk about some of the details of that. I'm, I'm mentioning weapons. Jared, what ended up being your favorite weapon by the end of the game? The Hollow Seeker. So the last time we talked okay, about, okay. about Returnal, um, my answer was actually the same as yours. I li- literally, when I mentioned on games we play in, um, my, the Spitmaw and the Carbine were the two weapons that I mentioned. And it's kind of funny uh, that we both think those are strong weapons. And those are my three favorites, uh, Carbine, Spitmaw, and... Um, uh, the Hollow Seeker, and I, ironically, the Hollow Seeker has a delay. Like you, you shoot off the bullets, but they're not that fast. Which sucks at first. It does, but you get used to it. And you're totally right. There's something about the. There's a rocket launcher. There's the Rob Glaster or something like that. Um, there's the pistols. Okay, it's great to start with. It gets you in the the frame of things. Um, but all the other guns outside of those three preferences, I hate. And I'll trade mm. any time of day. It's something about just the fact yeah. that they're almost unusable, or their reload times, like their your your um, what's the word I'm looking for? Over overdrive, over overdrawn. The overheating. Yeah, and yeah. then yeah, like, I don't know what you call it when you can like hit it in the center and it like resets. Yeah, but I know it's the mean. same function as like Gears of War. If you've ever played Gears of War, when you go to reload your weapon, um, there's a weapon. It, it there's a, it like cuts your reload time. It's a rhythm thing. Like if you right, if you right. hit the reload button a second timing. time, yeah, it's a timing thing. But I think it's like override override maybe i don't know but it's it's something along those lines it's enough of a gameplay thing that it's significant if it takes you too long to reload i mean you will be dying because there's some tight windows for sure for when you need to be doing damage and you'll get stuck in a cascade of projectiles so it's significant and sometimes if you pick up a, a curse um which is which is a really cool gameplay thing if you pick up a curse it'll take advantage of that fact and it'll say every time you override you take damage which, of course, resets your adrenaline, which makes your override window smaller and thus making the mm-hmm. game significantly harder. So it's a significant part of that. And like the, the Carbine, the Hollow Seeker, and the Spitmaw all have nice, fat override windows, so it just seems a lot easier to do it with the pacing. Um, plus, when you're shooting the Thermogenic Launcher, which is the one you mentioned, or the the the... the the Rob Black, whatever it is, it shoots, shoots a um, uh, arcing projectile. Um, the uh, whenever you're shooting those, because you're shooting as fast as you can to do as much damage as you can, you often will get ready to reload and then hit it on accident and then cause yourself right. to stagger. And so it's just a bad situation. The Hollow Seeker, when I run out of ammo, I let go of the trigger. You know what I'm saying? Like in your mind, you're right. not trying to just smash it as many times as possible. Um, which is why the carbine and the pistol are my third and fourth favorite instead of my top two. Um, but anyway, that's that's just how it goes. But but yeah, I would actually say that the inability to use some of these other weapons because of their format, not because of their damage, like their damage is great, um, especially 
you know, you get a fully maxed out weapon. They're all great as far as damage goes, and some of them do damage yeah. over time and whatever else. But uh, like the Electro Pylon, that's another one that's okay. It's tolerable. But they're just so hard to use that I would just much rather keep my mid-tier weapon because I'm comfortable with, with it, how it fires and how it shoots and the timing on it, than upgrade to a better weapon unless it's so much better that I don't think I can survive without it. And that's very rare. Um, just because you're finding better versions of your gun and you're upgrading it as you go pretty regularly. Um, so the shortcoming in combat, to me, at least the first major flaw in this game that I saw is that I don't like many of the guns. It's just my select two or three that I like and that's it. Yeah, and that's fine. Like to find your favorite and stick with it is is okay. But I get what you mean. A lot of them don't seem like they are practical for every situation. Whereas those three in my mind, uh, and I, I throw the Hollow Seeker in there when I first picked it up. I hated it. I hated it so much because I had to get used to the delay of it. And when you first get the guns, um, they don't have all their extra features unlocked unless you use them a lot. So over the course of time, if you use it, you get permanent upgrades. And sometimes it depends on which one you get. Like some of them have different features. Like I said, even within the spit mod, like you'll have one that has like a narrow shot, a wide shot, or even like it's basically like a laser. Um, and then like you said, sometimes it has like a poison type effect on it or something like that. Um, and for the hollow seeker, I finally gotten to the point last night that uh it started to unlock some of those extra stuff and with those extra things it's really nice like it shoots a nice wide disc type projectile um in addition to the regular bullets on occasion um at least this particular one that i had been using and that actually is very effective it's called discs yeah it's another reason why late game that's my weapon of choice yeah Absolutely. So I could totally see that. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like the, the, the rocket launcher doesn't seem like it works against every enemy very well. And uh, same thing for the pistol. Uh, pistol's okay. Like you said, it's kind of like it's your base weapon. And, and if you can find one that has like a really nice burst fire, or like shoots really fast or something, that's great. Uh, extra additions to the standard. But um, overall, like I, I do find myself like if I have a carbine that's and this is just to put it in relation to where I'm at, like if it's level eight and I come across another weapon that I don't care for, that's a level 10, I'll just stick with my carbine. Right. Exactly. I'm doing just fine. Exactly. Um, so I don't, I don't journey too far out. So you would see that as a flaw. Do you have any other, uh, as far as like the, the, the shooting and the weaponry is concerned, like, uh, issues and gripes? Well, no, but it just seems obvious to me that, that's a flaw. Like for instance, like the hollow seeker is superior in strafing too. And you're doing a lot of running around. So when you fire kind of a burst behind you, you're not worried about precision. You're just trying to scatter, you know, take out as many and you're withering them down because you get ganked a lot of times. You walk into a room and seven of them appear all at once. And you got to, especially in Citadel, there's so many of those robots that can take you out in pretty few hits. So having a gun that gives you a lot of forgiveness as far as your accuracy is concerned is nice. And the game never mentions accuracy, so you don't feel bad for being less precise, if that makes sense. You're just trying to get the job done. So um, in, I don't – I mean some people can speed run this game, um, although I wouldn't suggest doing it because it makes the developers sad. Dude, just as a <laughs> side note, I watched a speed run where the developers commented on it, and they were legit – they sounded sad that this person was, like, making their game look silly. They're like, um, we put so many hours into balancing this game, and they're just kind of breaking it. And, like, it, it's it's sad, but it's true. It's like there's just too many things to take advantage of. Like, for instance, 
if you're going to do a speed run, you're going to want, um, I don't, I don't remember what weapon it was, but it's really about your overcharge. The, 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 the bonus yeah. thing that you do, cause there's vertical right. barrage, horizontal barrage. There's that laser thing that you do, but there's actually a glitch that this person unlocked early on that keeps their overpower on the whole time. It just never stops running. Oh wow! And so it's just a straight laser beam. That's so OP. And they're like, you literally took out six of, um, not six of seven, but in the first area, they he took out Freaky, Ixion, and Nemesis with this same gun and just left it running. He was running around and didn't have to pull any triggers. So they were disappointed that it was so easy to break their game. <laughs> yeah. But but that is um, kind of weak. Like it definitely doesn't have the same impact as having gone through those challenges. Yes, in the correct way. Yeah. The, the guns are a little unbalanced. Like, there's ones I don't like using. But for the most part, they're, you know, the, the bonus, like, the grenade launcher to your shotgun, really, if I could say it that way. Like, there's a bonus projectile that you get for your gun. Those are pretty balanced. Like, for the most part, there's not yeah. one that's superior to another. They all pack a pretty fat punch. So it's just about finding. I don't like the ones that arc. That's fair, yeah. But so it's just about finding... Um, uh, level ups that take advantage of that and reduce your cooldown time for that. So, Josh, mm-hmm. probably the biggest flaw of this game, and I've beaten it three times. Um, I've beaten each area twice, so four times. Pardon me. I guess if you if you count middle game beating as something. Um, so, uh, so I guess I'll just say I'll beat the whole game twice. But anyway, but you can skip between the two areas. So I kind of, like, once you beat the game, you can go back to the first area and beat it as many times as you like, or you can stay in the second area and beat it as many times as you like. You can't actually loop them all together um, unless you're doing one full run-through. But um, but anyway, the... Um, one of the biggest we- flaw. One of the biggest, uh, probably the biggest flaw of this game is that the, there's an easy way to win every single time. And that is taking your time opening yeah. every door i don't know if you started to get i don't know to be frank with you i don't know why it was taking like i i beat the game my first run through in 17 hours and part of that is because i was having very long runs i mean i only i died less than 10 times before i beat the game um and that's not a brag I'm just saying, like the again, the biggest flaw of this game is that if you take your time, you will beat it. It's really not even a matter of skill per se. It's about kind of just finding what works for you and taking your time and uh, playing safe instead of playing aggressive. And I almost dislike that a little bit. Like I feel like it's the opposite of a game like Hades. Like there's some hate, there, you know, some Hades runs you play defensive because that's your style. Like you're trying to do build up doom damage, right? So you're dashing a lot or something like that. And then others, it's like, it's as much DPS as you can put out in two seconds, man. It's as fast as you can go. This game, it just really feels like the one way to do it is to take your time battle of attrition and playing these long two hour long loops. It can be draining sometimes, but I, I really don't see, you know, it's, it's just not as simple as, um, a neon white loop. You know what I mean? Like it, it's you know you could do four or five neon white levels before dinner. Returnal, oof, I I doubt it. You know what I mean? So, 
Yeah. Well, Jared, I, I'm I'm hearing what you're saying between the lines, which is why have I not beaten this yet? <laughs> Based off of what you're saying, and you seem uh, and I felt like you wanted to say that you're confused as to why it took me so long to even get where I'm at. And I'm just gonna be honest with you. One, I'm not the best at shooters. There's that. And then two, I'm a super impatient gamer. Uh, that Rena will tell you that. That I'm is- just not. I'm not like that. Like, I don't want to spend two hours. I want to just blast through stuff and just yes. move on. Like, yes. and, and that's that's my downfall with this game, and that's why I die so much in it, is that I'm just, like, rushing, and uh, that's me in every game. Like, uh, even in Dark Souls, like, even in Elden Ring, like, most of the times when I die, it's because I'm like, I just want to hit you one more time. I know that your pattern is such that I shouldn't be swinging at you right now, but I don't care because I want to hit you. And I'm just super impatient. Like, Karina will just watch me and be like, you should have just gotten out of there. Like, why are you still even near the person? And I'm like, shut up. I'm trying to win. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's me. I'm an, I'm an impatient gamer. You can, you can ask her and she can attest to that. And same thing with Returnal. I've, I've, I've noticed that. And actually, I, last night when I was playing through and got past the second area, it was because I was being a little more methodical with it. So I can totally see that. And what, so here's a question then. Would you, so when you were playing through it, would you go through each area in the one in the first area and then go to the second area, even though you had already unlocked it, and then go to the third area, even though you had already unlocked it, and like just thoroughly go th- and comb through each and single, every single area? No. I um, okay okay. I mean yes and no. So it's not each and every single area. So what happens in the second area is that you actually only have two bosses. So you have the first area, which is the ruin, overgrown ruins or whatever, which is um, or I should say the third now in daytime, the th- daytime of the first, the very first area. So it's the th- yeah. The f- no, I got yeah. you. I'm, I'm with you. And um, there, there's a boss at the end of that one named Hyperion, which is. He is actually a Davy Jones ripoff. He's an organ playing alien with lots of tentacles. Um, <laughs> and which brings me to another flaw of the game, which is the lack of originality. Um, all of the elements in this game have been done before elsewhere, and dare I say, a little better. But but I don't I don't want to harp on that too much. Let's just so the the two areas are separate. So I actually beat the game all the way through, beating the first three areas and then beating the second three areas, ending with the final boss. And then if you go back and, you know, whatever else, you will return to the second area, uh, the, the second set of areas again. So you can hop back into the ship and upload your memory or whatever and go back to the first three areas. But I didn't know that at the time. So I beat the end game twice via the second set of areas. And then I went back and beat the first area for the second time, uh, the first three areas for the second time, if that makes sense. So you, you, there's a yeah. fragmentation to this game. Um, so if that answers your question, that's that's how I beat it. But I, the reason I was not throwing shade at you, if I, I don't want to make it seem that way, but I, I had a feeling it was because you were rushing it just a little bit. No, I'm like that. Like, And I do this in, in pretty much every game, and it's just a bad habit of mine. And I never seem to break it. It's just a, a bad mentality of like, I want to do the damage. Like, I don't care if you're going to hurt me back. So even in this game, my big problem is like, I'll keep shooting even though I should be running and dodging. Um, and the projectiles are coming straight at me. Like, so there's there's a couple of early game uh, enemies that killed me over and over and over because they'll like, the, you know, you got like your base little dudes that shoot like a very basic, like wide blue projectiles. And then every now and then you'll have like a red 
based guy that shoots really fast projectiles like in a, a line right at you and you're supposed to move when he shoots at you like you're supposed to move and dodge get behind something whatever and i never do i just keep shooting at him anyway and try to kind of like jump over it and i always get hit like i always do and i never change my hap so it it's the problem of you know um uh insanity is is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results that's me um in this game and in other games as well so that's that's the answer to it also i just am not the greatest with shooters i've never been i just um, don't believe you i've seen you person i've seen you play apex yeah well uh, I feel like if you, honestly, Jared, if you put more time into Apex, you'd probably be better than me. Um, if you see my brothers play Apex, they're way better than I am. And in Apex, too, I'm super impatient. Like, I I get 99% of the time when I die in Apex because I jump on a squad of three just because I'm really trying to kill one of them. And it's just, <laughs> it's pointless. It's like, what am I even doing? Why am I not with my squad? Why am I not playing defense? Why am I not using the environment for my to my advantage like a regular person would? It's just me. I, and I try to work on it. And when I do take a measured approach, I certainly do a lot better. Um, but... I know for a fact that lots of people really have a hard time with this game. Um, a lot of people get turned off because it seems hard to them. So you're right in that if you just take your time with it and you slowly accumulate the upgrades, what I have been doing and I plan to do to finish out the game is like, you know, run to the level or the area that I'm at and then that area just like very thoroughly go through, get all the little stuff that I need. So right now that's the that's the citadel. That's the third area, and I go each and every direction and get all the little upgrades that I can, and try to get a um, what do they call it? A, a a trans something that lets you play the game a second time, and like makes a copy of you. Yeah. Using a like a severed machine. Yeah. Um, and the astronaut too is cool because that'll let you live again. So that was cool. That's actually uh, a, a huge benefit as well if you can find the astronaut as the uh, extra little item. But. Well, Lots I just of people, even though, like, even if you tell people to do that, there's still a lot of people that play this game and and have been turned off by the fact that it is it's tough and it's long. It's long is is probably more of the issue, uh, but that also find it difficult. I think um, it's too. I just googled it just to double check, but Returnal has no difficulty setting. There's just a one size fits all, Mm-mm. and truthfully, between the two facts that if you just take your time. And the second fact is, outside of a lockdown, you can run past a bunch of enemies. Like, you really don't need to stick around, and you can kind of game the door opening. You can get close enough to open it, shoot some baddies, and step back while they fire. Step forward, open it again. If you're really struggling, like if you really need some help, you can cheese the game. It's too easy to cheese, to be frank. Um, And that's it's harder to do in Citadel, and it's harder to do in... um, the snowy area, which is the fifth area, but it's still doable, especially in the first areas when you're just trying to get your momentum going and get started. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just feel like I'm not. I don't know. I, if people would just take their time, anyone can beat this game. Truly, like there's some games yeah. like I don't think from software games can be beaten by everyone. Genuinely, I don't. There's just a certain amount of tenacity and suckiness. Embrace the suckiness that you have to have to beat those games. This game is not like that. You just have to have some patience, and it'll happen. But 
just a name drop, uh, Colin Moriarty, I know, I think put like 40 hours into this game before he finally beat it and was racking his head against the wall trying to do it. And he's a guy, he's a very seasoned gamer, and he plays a lot of old, old school hardcore games, and this just was one that he had a hard time with. So, like, I can play a Mega Man and do just fine, but Returnal kicks my butt sometimes. That's and so it does come down to, yeah, just, just... Like, I'm not going to do the cheesing door thing. I'm going to bum rush into the eight robots <laughs> that then all jump at me at once. Like, I'm just an idiot yeah. like that. Yeah. And I can't I can't help myself. Um, you're smart. <laughs> you're taking a measured approach. You're taking your time with it. Uh, you're being careful. You're, you're, you're going into this as a marathon. I go into every game as a sprint, and it gets me killed 90% of the time. I run right out into traffic. Yeah. So, um that is neither here nor there but i i am going to state this right now and i'm going to stick by this i will finish this game i will see the end of this game by the end of the year i'm i'm putting that out there if i don't let's put a bet on this jared what what should our bet be if i'm not able to finish returnal maybe i owe you a pizza or something Actually, I pizza legit bet. was thinking pizza. That's so funny. Um, that's an easy. That's an easy go-to one. Let's let's make it. Let's make it a big pizza. Okay, a big pizza, like an extra large, extra yeah. large pizza. Yeah, boy. All right, pepperoni. Anything. I don't really care. I'm not picky. I'll right. eat anchovies. anchovies. I'll eat pineapple. Okay. I mean, okay. What I'm gonna do is order the pizza, and you'll pay for it. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fair. So whatever you want, and I'll pay. okay. That's, okay, that's because I don't, I don't think you're going to be able to beat it by the end of the year. Wow, because especially if you let it get ahead of you and you let yourself get distracted, I think you could beat it this week if you gave it your all. So it's I'm either going to lose the bet this week or when you start school, you won't get around to it. <sighs> yeah, and each time I go to play the game too, it's like GTA's right there. Yes, and I'm like, <laughs> I want to play that. All right, we'll see. We'll see. We'll Bet's see. on. Bet's I like on. It. I like it. Yeah. So, um, gameplay-wise, a uh, couple other things. I know we've talked about the loop. The, the enemies themselves are a lot of fun. A, a good enough variety to it. I like all the extra stuff that you can get, right? You can add parasites to yourself that are like a pro and a con. Um, malfunctions kind of serve a similar yes. purpose. And, and uh, uh, you can kind of toy with that sort of stuff. Uh, the items, the extra items that you use for L1, you can hold... At least right now, I can only hold two. I don't know if you get more slots for that. Um, but I like all that. You can kind of measure, okay, what am I going to keep? What am I going to drop? How do I uh, keep myself healed? There was one round one, uh, one round that I, I noticed I, I could get a, I think it was a parasite, that allowed me to get health anytime I killed an enemy, but I wasn't able to pick up any health pickups anymore. Yes. And I liked that. That was cool. Really? Like, twist on everything. Because... Uh, well, I, I don't think I, I don't think I'd get it every time, but in that run, it was neat because I was like, okay, it's different. Like it's 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 making me think about this all in a very different way. Yeah. Um. You, you're right because I did ended up I ended up getting rid of the parasite. I found a machine that allowed me to get rid of it because I I was so low on health and there just wasn't enough enemies. That was actually in the Citadel. That was last night, and there just w- weren't enough robot dudes around to justify keeping it. But it it mixes up the game is what i'm trying to say like it, it allows it to yes. uh, get different flavors and flares to it now i know which I thought was cool that parasite you're specifically talking about is for me at least never been worth it i've equipped it a couple times and it's never i can always find more health than 
than what it gives me from defeating enemies. Um, especially because there's a lot of rooms in which you go into and they're just bonus rooms and they don't have any enemies. And so they're, those often have a lot of health. So for me, it was never really worth it. But the, what I like about the parasites, as opposed to, let's say, um, what's the what's the person in Hades that does the, the cosmic egg? Uh, chaos, chaos. So chaos boons in Hades, just to compare roguelikes here. Oh, okay, yeah. Those are you pay up front and you get a reward later. This is a with you as long as you have it, risk reward and i like that a lot i like that a lot it changes things up and it makes you cognizant of how you're playing your style um other than that my style didn't change too much but i definitely accommodated different parasites um i would if a parasite gave me bonuses for melee kills i was trying to melee more you know stuff like that so um i found uh, only select few parasites that i would never equip there's some that are like make the prices go down by 15%, but damage you take goes up significantly or something like that. I was like, what in the world? I don't struggle that much to pay for stuff, so that's never going to happen, um, especially the way I was playing, which was taking my time. Um, but the um, but I really like the parasite thing, way of doing things. Yeah. Um, also, too, the ether cleansing... Mm-hmm. Cleansing... Um, um, malignant mal- items oh, or that's chests. Right, malignant is the word I was looking for. Yes, um, though if you lie down in that bed and you get some ether and you're collecting ether throughout the the run through, that's new, normally always worth it, especially for those high malignancy items in the later runs. So that's awesome. Um, now I I will say that the the rogue like the game like elements of this feels like a 3D alien adventure platformer, and I really like that i really like the projectiles dodging through them is really easy and fun you know you can always dodge through a projectile there's no like non-dodgeable projectiles like in some other games so that's nice and um it just means that your your movement is fluid and it works um I, i just liked it a lot all of the bosses were great i will say if i could transition a little bit into the game's shining moments are its boss fights and it's largely because of this controller. It vibrates, it shakes, it resists your trigger finger. It, it's fantastic. It, it's visceral. It's immersive. Having some headphones on, this controller is speaking to you. It's, it's just fantastic. It's so beautiful. And additionally, Freaky is these orange laser beams. He's the first boss. Ixion is these bright blue you know. Uh, things and when he shoots the spiral of projectiles at you, Josh, doesn't that just make your eyes get so big? Yes, it's dude. So yeah, beautiful. there's several times visually where this game pops on a level that few games do. Nemesis is this ma- like purple glowing like neon colors, like this neon purple. Um, uh, it's dude. It's just Hyperion has got this like gorgeous like um, soft neon green projectiles that he's. And he's screaming and playing the organ the whole time. Um, it's, it's <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to getting to that it's guy. It's <laughs> Cthulhu, man. It's fantastic. It's it's good stuff. These boss fights are so enjoyable. Not that hard, other than Ixion. And once you get like, once you get your timing. So the 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 difficulty with Ixion in the red area is that you're very tempted to jump through that warp gate and get right to him instead of taking your time. But again, mm. if you take your time, he's easier every time because you're just... I give in to the temptation. I know. So did I. That's why he killed me so <laughs> many times. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, so he uh, he killed me. Let's see, Ixion himself killed me five. Freaky killed me zero. Hyperion killed me zero. Uh, the, Nemesis. The f- Nemesis killed me zero. Orpheus, Orpheum, or it starts with an O. I don't remember the last. It's Ophian, maybe. Um, he's the final boss. He killed me zero times. It was literally just Ixion killed me. I think five or six times, and then the rest of my deaths were just out in the world traversing um, before I beat the game. So it was just that boss because I was rushing to him, literally. That was the only reason. So, But the boss fights are beautiful, Josh. I cannot overstate how that is the strongest aspect of this game is this game's visuals and, and audios. You're absolutely right. I mean, uh, getting to the second boss in the Crimson uh, Wasteland area, Karina was with me, and we were both like, wow oh cool like yes. every single like phase and move that yes. he uses is just like oh you know like your eyes get all big and um it, it just does that several times and and that's house mark right they're just they're all about the visuals and i know when i first mentioned this game like uh when you do the like translocator or whatever that lets you teleport from spot to spot you just like break down into a million yes. little particles yes. and it looks great it's like this cool liquidy particle effect that, like I said, could only really been, be seen on the PS5. So for yeah. sure, visuals and the boss fights, I agree, are like the peak of this game. And the gameplay loop itself is fun. Like, I, I mean, you've beaten it four times, so it's it has some draw, right? Um, and it's keeping that up as well. Now, pro question here. So you as the pro, giving me a pro tip, what would you say you use your obelites and your ether for? What do you prioritize those uh, resources for? Normally in late game areas, it's an extra consumable slot. And then those massive health bumps, like your 30% health bumps. Um, yeah. Those are always worth it. So go farm, get that 30% health bump. Cause it's so much forgiveness. It's so much. Um, yeah. It's at least typically if you're getting 30% more, it's at least, well, depending on the how late game you are, it's it just adds up over time, and and their their hits on you do less damage over time. So it's it's worth it almost always to do that, and then extra consumable slots because those come in, are very handy. Um, they'll you know help you collect extra obelites or uh, you know break the next whatever. Like you can col- you can have more than one health vial on you. So I'll I'll pay for consumable slots and health boosts any time of day. Other items though, mm, for the most part, take it or leave it really. I'm I'm perfectly yeah. content to grab that extra consumable slot and then roll the dice on whatever I can find in the wild. So that's what I would prioritize is saving my obelites for that massive health bump. Um yeah. but but that's about it. I really don't even I don't want to come across as this like smug whatever it's lit i'm i've already told you the the open secret now to this game but um but yeah i i was- no, and I'm not, i don't want you to feel like that's what i'm saying at all yeah. i think roguelikes i think are definitely up your alley though like for, between this hades and even moonlighter before like you seem to have a really great grasp on how to approach these sorts of games so it does not surprise me that you've taken to returnal the way that you have um yeah items like the other consumables i personally like the slowdown one the 10 second slowdown one or if you can get a um oh what's another one that i'll go for on occasion 
uh, anything that will help me like get full adrenaline, I prefer to have as much adrenaline as possible, yeah. right? Which is, you know, obviously it's going to give you benefits. So if I can get something or the alt fire cooldown can be valuable as well. But yeah, definitely want vials and definitely want to go for health. So that that makes perfect sense to me. Now to wrap up what we're discussing here, what did you think of outside of because the the controller is to die for? Yes, like I say, play this game and 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 experience it just because of the controller like even when you first move you you start to run and it starts to make a little click it's like click yes. click, 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 as you pick up pace and you just like and, and that at first you're like oh that's kind of cool and then the whole game has little effects like that coming from your controller um the little signal that tells you that your alt fire is ready to go um the sounds that are coming from it as you reload or as you can't use uh your ability yet and things like that um or not reload, but overcharge. Yeah, yeah. And it, and like you said, the the triggers themselves. I mean, you mentioned that the uh, uh, the the fact that you can kind of choose between like part part of the way down and then all the way down just gives you a small minor sense of like more control. Yeah. Than you would have ever felt on a PlayStation Four or PlayStation Three. Um. So that's all fantastic, and this game utilizes it so well. But outside of those things. Um, those sound effects and whatnot. What did you think of the music and the atmospheric uh, ambiance of this game? So uh, their their one big shot at music comes in the Hyperion boss fight, which is the end of the fourth area, so the first area of the second phase. And Hyperion is at the top of the tower, and you ascend the tower, and um, you, um, you you fight him and he's playing on an organ. He's got tentacles and all that stuff. But for some reason, I, I don't know if I just didn't have. I, I'm so excited to fight that guy. <laughs> yes. If, if for some reason I, I didn't have, um, maybe my music volume turned all the way up, but I kind of missed it. Like it was a little underwhelming for what. Then I went on the Reddit comments and YouTube comments, and everyone was like, "Oh my goodness, the music!" I don't know how I missed it, but I just didn't sense it building until I literally got to the very top and saw him playing the organ, and I was like, "Oh, oh, that's." You know, that's neat, you know. So I I just kind of missed it. But, like, other mm. than that, like, the music is great. Like, it's really nice. It's It doesn't really stand out a ton, but it, it, it melds beautifully well. Like, it's a very cohesive package. To what you were saying yeah. earlier about the controller, though, I cannot wait to take this game to Connecticut. And my sister, who loves Hades, um, I cannot wait to have put my controller in her hand and say, play this game for an hour. You will love this, how immersive this is. I'm so excited because I'm going to – watch her play and her eyes are going to light up and she's going to go, oh, and I'm super excited for it. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, the music did, uh, I mean, I, I think it's tremendous. I mean, it really is a very cohesive package, but that nemesis fight, dude, the most cinematic boss fight, probably top five most cinematic boss fights probably for me. Nice. Yeah, it's up there. It's not very difficult, but it's definitely up there. Just the, dude, just everything, man. It's good stuff. I don't, I don't know why, but like in my mind right now, all I'm picturing is Octodad playing an organ and like as he's playing it, like looking over. I don't know why. I just have like this weird image in my head and I'm like really excited to play that boss <laughs> uh, the more you talk about it. Um, yeah, no, I like the music too. Very atmospheric. Um, lots of like, I don't even know how you describe it, but it's like a hollow sound. Yeah. And. Uh, that also just adds to like the, the just the 
creepy vibes of it all. Yes. Um, and this game is spooky. It's got some spook to it. Uh, any of the first person moments when you go to first person and you're no longer in that third person running around. Yep. Um, you're now in a. It could because of the perspective has changed. You're you're now in a very limited field of view obviously so yeah. that that gives them opportunities to throw stuff at you and surprise and i always felt like they did a, a pretty good job of it obviously i haven't gotten super far but uh anytime that you get to a boss uh or maybe even a new area but i think it's primarily the bosses the house will unlock a new sequence and you can go and uh see another aspect of that and going into the house and um the one i just saw like you go and you pick up the octopus uh toy and it like kind of wraps around you and she like freaks out and then she goes and looks at the tv and it's like switching between two different things which actually now that you say how the game ends i didn't even pick up that the broadcast is of her crashing yes um because it was just like some random car crash broadcast and i was like what in the world is going on there yep um but then when it like it, it was like going between that and like uh uh a broadcast about the moon and then it like cuts off everything goes black and then it pops back up and it's the astronaut on the screen and it's in the hallway next to you but it's like showing that Ugh. and i was just like yeah you just kind of get like a yes. kind of a you know kind of like we were talking about with insidious <laughs> yes and it, um switching from third person to first person makes you feel a little claustrophobic because you can hear Celine mm-hmm. breathing in your ear a little bit. You're stuck in her field of vision and you're so used to the freedom that comes with a third person perspective. Yeah, this game definitely shines. I mean, to be honest, the graphics break down in the house a little bit. They're not nearly as sharp as obviously your cutscenes, but because that game's in third person, everything looks, it's designed to look that way. So when you're in first person, it actually feels less crisp. I'll say it that way. Um, mm. That's okay, though, and not a huge deal. Um, I definitely love the mild horror aspect that came with the house. It gave the it gave the game a sense of darkness and depth that it, I think it would have been missing otherwise. Um, yeah, yeah. So I I really like that touch. Yeah, nice sense of mystery throughout. Obviously, the game ends on a vague note as well, but in a good way. So. In that way, I think their attempt to add some story elements to their game style works pretty well. I mean, you can pick up like little files of, um, what's her name, Celine? Am I saying that right? It's Celine, yeah. Okay, Celine, yeah. Um, Of her like speaking in like future versions of herself, it seems like oftentimes. Yep. And many times she's like, I don't even recognize that person. Like, what even in the world are they talking about? Like, that's not me. Um, and that's always interesting. Uh, it's also one other note in gameplay, like you can go and play in other people's worlds. I don't know if you did that very often. Um, I only did it once and I was like, eh, okay, I get what's going on here. Uh, but you can go and like jump into, it's like, it says like a different timeline you can help out someone kind of co-op style. And in that way as well, you can see other people's deaths in the game. And if you go and scan that, um, it'll say, what does it say? It's like a suit detected in this area. Um, and if you scan that and you follow through with that challenge, then, um, and usually it's like, you know, some, some big enemy with a high health bar. And if you can defeat that, you'll get a nice new shiny weapon out of it. So, uh, and and lots of obelites and stuff. So that's, that's usually pretty nice if you want to take on that extra challenge and, and get that extra thing. Oftentimes I would skip it depending on where my health was or how far I was, you know, so you can make those judgment calls and that's, that's a nice thing about a roguelike is, is making those judgment calls along the way. But um, overall, really fantastic package. I like it 
I, I'm glad that it exists. Like I said at the, at the top of this, I'm glad that this game is out there. But the question then becomes, is this a Hall of Games candidate? In, in my mind, just to jump right in, I don't think... I mean, it's a candidate, yes, but I don't think it should go into the Hall okay, of candidate, Games. Okay, candidate, yeah, you're right. Uh, actual making it in, yeah. But for, but for really um, a couple of big reasons, and this is one I didn't really hype on too much earlier, but like, there's a tremendous lack of originality um, in in the in the whole game as the you know you, the roguelike loop. Obviously, it's a gameplay loop. That's fine. Um, pros and cons to picking up negative, you know, malignancies, you know, choices, different things like that. Obelites, currency, all been done before. That's great. There's a you know an alien take on it. That's fine. That's new. It's different. It's great. But they fall short in the usability of many of their weapons. It's not like Hades. Like Hades, obviously I have preferences, but each of those weapons is very close to one another. They all have strong sides and weak sides. Um, and they all, have, like I can use the sword and go to the spear and go to the shield. And I feel like a, still a strong player every time. In this game, outside of a couple guns, man, it's just, I don't like those weapons. I, I really dislike them. Additionally, bosses, mini bosses rather, drop only weapons. I'd almost rather them drop parasites or some other things because half the time I don't want the weapon they drop. You know, it's maybe a little powerful, but it's mm. not my style. Um, additionally, th- there's there's a lack of originality, not necessarily in the story. This live die repeat thing has been done before. Obviously, that's caked right into the roguelike, but um, the bosses themselves, I don't know why there's so much leaning on greek mythology i suppose sure sure. it's just not and and two hyperion playing an organ yes that's really cool but we know another tentacle organ player and it's just too close i can't help but think that i'm fighting davy jones a little bit over here you know um (laughs) you know it's just i would say that originality in alien design is great that's fantastic. Although, if you do think about it, the aliens in this game do look a lot like the ones in Live, Die, Repeat with Tom Cruise. Yeah. They I look... was thinking the exact same thing, actually. Exact same movie. That's and, so funny. And it's not really like I'm trying to be... I'm not trying to be harsh or anything, but like if you are doing things in this game that constantly remind me of things I've already seen and done before, I don't know if it's my super broad consumption of media or if it's it's just clear where your inspirations are coming from. And, and two, I understand it's really hard to create an original concept, but, but I just felt like something about you has to be the tip of the arrow, has to be the thing that is undeniably strong to you guys. And other than the visual effects being exceptionally good and the controller you know, vibrating at just the right time and being exceptionally good, this is not really a Hall of Games candidate. What I will say in my mind, though, is that it's absolutely a game you need to get for your PlayStation 5, but I still don't yes. think it's a Hall of Games candidate. I don't know if I can say that. I don't think those are contradictory, contradictory statements, Josh. I don't disagree. Um, this is a PlayStation 5 showcase game. Yes. That's kind of what it was supposed to be. So it's going to show off that dual sense. It's going to show off the visuals, and that's what you want, right? Um, it's a gamey game. It's got a lot of gamey goodness. <laughs> it's as gamey as you want it to be. So you're gonna have fun. Like it, it's it's got a it's got a great loop to it. It's the the shooting and everything is 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 good and and it, and it feels good and everything. But 
The originality aspect of it does leave much to be desired. The length of the runs, I know for you, the methodical approach, that is a, a fine thing, but... And even you kind of mentioned, like, two hours to beat the game. is That's a lot of investment it is into a roguelike and i want to be clear that i wouldn't say that that's my preference it's just that i figured out very early on that the more i took my time the easier it got yeah that's all no yeah no that yeah so totally makes sense and that so a lot of people could see that as a drawback maybe you like that sort of thing i don't know but to me that does seem like a drawback as well that's also part of the vision of these guys though like they did want that to kind of be like a a thing where you are going slowly into it, where you are taking each step carefully and so on and so forth. But I agree. I, I think I think that this is a, a an easy recommend, but maybe not one that can stand in the Hall of Games on its own. Yes. Uh, I might have said something different about one of the other Housemark games. I don't know. And... and Maybe not even then. These games have always been kind of showcases of the systems that they're on and not much more than that. So get it for that reason. Play it for that. If, you, if you're if you intrigued with the story, that's awesome. The Greek stuff is kind of overplayed in my opinion. They're trying to get her to, like, I, I think they're kind of trying to show, like, oh, she has a fate similar to, like, a Greek tragic figure and like there's even one there was like a whole poem in the house and uh it is like a classic poem i can't remember what passage it was from i I was reading it and i almost recognized it and now it's escaping me but at first it starts off with like the greek hero's name in it and then it switches it for selene or not selene but there's like another name of uh like another and it always made me think it was her that they were talking about now i'm getting confused as to whether that was even if i was just thinking about that incorrectly and i don't even know if you know what i'm talking about but um yeah so that felt like it was they were pushing that and it didn't seem necessary and now even hearing that maybe some of the stuff about even the alien civilization that's there isn't super important either does leave a little bit for me to be desired as well so i am more than willing to pass on this as uh an entry into the hall of games but go play it (laughs) that's what i would say it's like it's a great game go buy it for your playstation 5 it's worth every penny it's often on sale pre-owned definitely worth it pre-owned come on it's not even close um and and i will say too like the gameplay is beautiful all throughout and then to the final area that sixth area when you play underwater the controller just goes even more it like turns the degree up to 11th mode because you're shooting underwater so it's like even Sweet. more vibrations it feels like you're shooting underwater it just i don't know something about the way that they throw that tempo into the controller is fantastic i forgot to mention that earlier but yeah i just feel like the things the elements of this game the roguelike the way that they've balance their roguelike the uh some of the overarching plot points um the you know playing with reality these are all things that are done better in other games um Hmm. boss fights are beautiful and visually stunning but they're also more combative in other games i prefer the boss fights in god of war for instance um and and things like that so i i just feel like you uh, alien designs fine but again not original you know I don't know if that makes all a whole bunch of sense, but like each of the elements of this game feels like it's done better elsewhere. But pull, yeah. you know, pulling a bunch of ingredients together to make a good pizza in a new way is fine. Um, you know, it just it just is what it is. You got to be in the mood for it. So for sure, and and it's not like there's not a lot of like I don't know heart 
to this game. Like, you don't have a bunch of characters you're falling in love with. Um, there's not a whole lot of character arcs outside of Celine, who herself is... I could see people not liking her either, because she's very in her own head and, and contemplating stuff and does the whole thing about talking out loud to herself, you know, which you got to do when you're a solo pro tag. But it's not... Like, if that stuff doesn't appeal to you, the the whole story aspect of this game is just going to fall flat on its face for you. So uh, that's... That's also an issue. Um, it's not a universally appealing story and, and character. So you're, you're just going to have to, if you can get through that otherwise, okay, great. But uh, if that doesn't appeal to you, it's, it's hard to even recommend on that level. Yes. Now, it does, it does do two things. It passes, um, uh, um, it passes the tattoo test. So this is a, a phrase that I've coined. I don't know if it's unique to me. It might not be. I thought of this the other day. But if someone is so inspired by it that they're going to get a tattoo of it, that's a good thing. So it passes okay. the tattoo test. I saw someone get a tattoo of Returnal the other day. Um, so, hey, that's, it, it inspired some people enough you know, that, that that's what's going on. Additionally, too, Celine's voice acting is great. And I will not take any shade at my girl Celine. Her voice actress is fantastic. She carries the whole game by herself and she does it with yeah. grace and elegance. So, yeah, hands down, yeah, she's a she's a baller, no doubt. For sure. I can't agree with that. Or I can't not agree with that. All right. Well then, a pass here for the Hall of Games, but Returnal, great game nonetheless. Yes. So we're going to wrap up this podcast here. Be sure to tell a friend about us, drop us a five-star review, or check out our past episodes for more backlog, in-depth conversations. Finally, a break from the Marios. We got Returnal in here. Uh, Thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope you agree with our decision. If you don't, tell us why. And until then, this is the Video Game Bard. And Jared, leave us with a final thought. If you do find yourself trapped on an alien planet trying to escape, maybe you should forgive yourself. <laughs> that seems to be the lesson perhaps in this uh, this game. I don't know, but I think I think it's not a contradictory thought to say this game this game is great. Go buy it, but it passes on the Hall of Games. You need something special, folks. Go out there and be unique. Be a Hall of Gamer. 